0: Kyle Larson, a dominant performance. He
1: leads 256 laps, and he'll win at Texas. Phoenix, run for a title. Good job. Hell yeah, boy! Let's go. You were funny on every single restart. So proud of you, man. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. We've got an awesome episode for you, a very unique episode this week for the Kansas playoff race. So on this episode, what can you expect? We're going to start by taking a look back at Texas, how we did, how our picks made out, and uh, what went down on the racetrack, what we need to take away moving forward. Um, and then we'll put Texas in the rear view and go to Kansas where we're going to do all the normal picks. money line picks to win. They're tougher to kind of call out this week. We'll talk about why. And then uh, finishing position. We got some good race parlays that we need to look at, as well as the head-to-head matchups at the end. Getting a little frisky this week in the head-to-head matchup. So, um, you know, you'll have to pay attention there and see if you want to ride with me or fade me on those. And then at the end, Got a special guest, a special treat, really. Cousin Greg returns to the podcast. He hasn't been on at all in 2021, and he's back for a little bit different type of conversation. We are going to talk about daily fantasy and have our own head to head draft for our daily fantasy roster. So, we're going to talk all about why we're doing that, how we're doing that, and uh, it ends up being a really fun breakdown. So, Stay tuned for that at the end of the episode. That was definitely a lot of fun. So Texas, I have to say my hand is up because it was a little bit more exciting than I kind of thought it was going to be. I mean, I was pretty hard on Texas last week saying how boring it is, but there was some more action and that was created on the racetrack, but also created by the playoff drama as well with the structure of the playoffs. So a lot of different things playing into that race. And uh, you know, looking at it as a whole, fifty thousand foot view, Larson's your winner and led a ton of laps. Kind of boring, but much more interesting than I would have thought. We had a big wreck early. Bubba Wallace, he got caught up in it. He was a guy that we liked last week in a head-to-head. He got caught up in it uh, with a lot of different drivers, stuff that you don't really see at Texas. Uh, big wreck early, and that was kind of a, a sign of things to come. Like, this wasn't just going to be a standard mile and a half boring, you know, take a nap, wake up an hour later, and the guys are still running the same position. No, it was kind of all over the place. Playoff drivers ran into trouble, and that's what NASCAR wants in this format. We had Kyle Busch have some trouble, Danny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Joey Logano. Um, Logano blew an engine. The other three guys kind of had some racetrack troubles, but in any case, I mean, that's what you want, right? If you're NASCAR, you want a little bit of drama. And it was fun to see some of those guys battle back. Kyle Busch was able to make that, you know, something, turning trash into um, something that they can work with. Denny Hamlin kind of forced into a, a position that they were not really used to being in so far this year. And Truax now being below the cut line is going to make it interesting moving forward. Um, looking at what happened, though, Larson. Is our winner. The chalk prevails again. He dominated. Like this wasn't, you know, as much as I'm saying this race was more exciting than I would have guessed, it was still dominated by one guy, and that typically doesn't go over well with NASCAR fans. But uh, at the end of the day, I like the fact that Larson has clinched his way into the championship. Like if this season didn't end with Kyle Larson represented in the Final Four, I was not going to be happy because he is the cream of the crop. So good to see that is just like kind of out of the way. We're not going to have that talking point through this round of the playoffs. And he deserved it. I mean, that five car was hot off the, the truck and they dominated. We hit the money line pick there, plus 340. We love that. So always good to pick winners. That felt good. A nice little boost to the Sunday afternoon. Um, a surprise, if we want to talk about that, some drivers that surprise us. Redick and, and Byron fighting for, you know, top fives and the win. I mean, no one really held a candle to the five car, but Reddick was damn fast towards the end of that race. And I was impressed. And we're going to talk a lot about him in this episode. Uh, the only surprise top 10 other than that was Daniel Suarez uh, coming out of left field. He really didn't even have a good driver rating in this race, but he makes his way into a top 10 finish. So great job there. I mean, that's the type of stuff that we're Talking about on the mile and a half, trying to predict, like, who is going to be the surprise top 10? Because that definitely cashed a big ticket. I don't know what he was going off at, but it was definitely something that was uh, north of plus 300, I would have to assume. So, good for Suarez, good for those teams that we talked about. Our bets, uh, head-to-head matchups, I thought the podcast parlay was Pretty solid last week, but Bubba ended it pretty early uh, when he wrecked. He was out of it, and that really put an end to the parlay. But I still had those guys individually, and for the most of the race, I had a, a two-one uh, coming out on top advantage. And then at the end, Christopher Bell came out of nowhere and took over Keselowski. So uh, I ended up going one and two in the head-to-heads. That was the first time we, we have not uh, gone in the positive there, the head to heads in quite some time, but on the flip side on Instagram at full tank, Phil, we always throw a race day parlay together and we had a race day parlay that hit and that was great. So we went four and two total, um, the head to head matchups there on Instagram, the finishing position bets straight up missed. And, you know, that was tough to see. We, we called out some guys that, uh, really made sense. And, you know, Ricky Stenhouse for one, we had him in the top 20, uh, gave up some juice too for him. He was like minus 170, I think when we recorded the podcast and he was caught up in some stuff and didn't really play a factor. Um, So struggled there, but when you hit the money line winner, it all evens out and makes things more easy to swallow when you don't hit some of the smaller bets. So all in all, a good Texas day. I was very happy with the, the bets and the way they landed on the money um, parlay and a money line hit. I mean, can't go wrong with that. Uh, so Texas, we made it through, wasn't as boring as we thought, and we made some money. So now we're going to go just north up to Kansas and try to do that again, really. And Kansas another mile and a half track, another 550 track. So we're going to be calling out those stats throughout this episode. But let's get to the track stats like we normally do. 31 races in the Cup Series at this racetrack. And we've had two races per year since 2011. So they kind of dipped their toe in the water, starting off with just one a year, and then they gave them two and a a coveted playoff race to boot when they started up this concept. So Looking at the stats here, the winner has started on the poll six times in the history of this track. Last time it happened was Kevin Harvick in 2018. We've got Kyle Larson on the poll this week. Top five, the winner started there 45% of the time, and top 10, 61. So that's a little bit lower than we're used to seeing at mile-and-a-half racetracks. It tells you that you know the winner doesn't necessarily have to be someone starting up front. Um, obviously, we got all the playoff drivers starting in the top 10, so that's going to play a factor uh on those stats but just something to keep in mind here now outside of the top 20 the winner has started there three times the last time it happened was hamlin in 2019 so pretty recently for some of these stats um, really all over the place starting on the pole starting outside the top 20. manufacturer trends toyota has been the the manufacturer that's dominated i guess you could say they've won five of the last ten ford uh has had three of the last ten and chevy has had two And more specifically, Toyota has won three of the last four races. So really, it's the JGR group. You're talking Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Truex, and and Bell, if you want to throw him in there. Um, If that trend were to continue, those are the guys you want to be focusing on on the money line. So looking at it now, Kyle Busch was our winner. We were here in the spring, and he won this race earlier this year. It seems so long ago. But he won the Bushy-McBush race, sponsored by Bush Beer. And Kyle Busch won. It almost seemed uh, like it was rigged. Pretty poetic there. Uh, looking at some random top tens, I just wanted to take a look back and see if we had any random guys up there. Matty D and Chris Buescher both finished in the top ten earlier this year. So that was a bit of a surprise. And I think they're worth looking again at when we're talking about this. So um, more chalky type picks, though, this week. I mean, money line picks... It's going to be tough because you're looking at Kyle Larson uh, as your favorite, and he's down to plus 240. Hendrick, if you want to look at you know a team just to kind of start off your, your betting week, they're plus 125. You get all four of those guys, and that's pretty decent. Um, and we're going to get into some of the race parlays like the non-playoff guys in the next segment, but it really does make it tough to try to find someone like down the beaten path. Um, It's really tough to get behind some of these guys who are more than plus 1,000. So I'm going to call out three guys, and they're all pretty chalky, but chalk has been winning as of late. And so I will kick things off by talking about our poll sitter, our championship four representative so far, Kyle Larson. I mean, I can't not do it, especially when I said that he could win three in a row uh, after the Roval. I got to stick to it. I got to, you know, put my money where my mouth is here. Incredibly short odds for Kyle Larson. It, it last week plus three forty. Now he's down to plus two forty. I mean, this is a type of bet where it, you want to shop around a little bit. See if you can get him. That's DraftKings number. You might be able to get him at a, a better spot. Uh, but this is also an opportunity for you to look throughout the sports books for maybe some free bets. You know, I know DraftKings has a lot of free bets going around this week. Maybe some odds boosters various sports books if you can boost that number up a little bit it makes it easier to swallow that short odds um, so the question is is he deserving of plus 240 and my answer is yes I mean I I said two weeks ago he could win three straight he probably will win three straight just because of what he has going on this year it's just unmatched so first we're gonna start off by taking a look at Kansas. Uh, His last 10 races at Kansas, no wins, two top fives, four top tens. His average finish is 15.4. Now, that's not great, but his average starting position at Kansas has been 20.4. So he improves on average on his starting position. Now, starting on the pole, he won't be able to do that, but uh, it definitely means that he's able to, you know, kind of stay up there and give himself a shot. He's only started inside the top 10 two times in his career before this. So he's not used to starting up there. And so when you got a guy who's that good starting with nobody in front of him, I'd say that only good things can happen here. Um, the thing about it is, I you know if you listen to this podcast, you know that I love looking at the track history. but with Kevin, excuse me with Kyle Larson this year, that has not really mattered. Uh, and last week was a, a good example of it. It's almost identical to last week, where track history wasn't that great, but it's all about this year, 2020. And on 550s, mile and a half, he is just dominant. Uh, His green flag speed at 550 tracks going into last week's race was an average of 3.5, and it improved to 3.3. I mean, he was first. He was the fastest car. He had the fastest green flag speed. That uh, is just impressive as hell. To be able to improve on that number, 3.5 to 3.3, just incredible. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be a threat to win the race. It's really about the short odds. Are you comfortable enough giving those short odds up, or do you want to try to take a shot on somebody else? Now, we're going to get into some race parlays later, but I have to call this out. Cousin Greg actually brought this to my attention. There's a prop on Larson for him to not only win the race, but lead the most laps, plus 400. Now, to me, that is a bet that I want to take because I'd have to imagine if Kyle Larson is going to win this race, he's going to lead the most laps. So I might even skip over the plus 240 and just go right to the plus 400 for that prop because it'll be just like last week. Dominated laps led, won the race. So if he's going to do this again this week, why not get a little bit more extra Mojo there and throw it down for plus 400. So I think that's a, a very uh, interesting prop on DraftKings under the race parlays. But in any case, the five team, I mean, they're just unstoppable right now. So we'll see if they can do it again and win three straight at Kansas. Now, looking at some other guys, if we we're putting Kyle Larson out of our mind, who am I looking at? Well, there are different names that are around. Kyle Bush comes to mind for one, right? He, he's the past champion earlier this year. But I'm looking at his teammate, Denny Hamlin. Because it would be only right if Larson wasn't the guy to win, Denny would win and clinch his way into the Final Four as well. Because this season, if it's not Larson, it's Denny. I mean, Denny had the points season lead during the regular season for a long time until Indianapolis And, you know, really is making it out to be kind of a showdown between those two in the championship. So I think just from a poetic standpoint, that would make a lot of sense. He's plus 550 to win the race. And to keep Larson kind of part of this conversation here, Hamlin's a lot like Larson uh, when it comes to this racetrack, when you're looking at track history to 550 speeds in 2021, because Hamlin's numbers aren't fantastic here but I guess you could say that that's a pretty big positive if he's uh you know similar to Larson and he's somebody who has wins at this racetrack like look at his stats here last 10 races two wins four top fives four top tens his average finish is seventh overall 10.7 and those two wins were back to back 2019 and 2020 since then he finished 15th and 12th so well outside the top 10 there. And that's not what you want to see from somebody who's a championship contender. Uh, But there's a bit of a pattern here for Denny Hamlin, which I find super interesting. I love looking at these types of patterns. He finishes outside the top 10 two times in a row and then inside the top 10 two times in a row. And that goes on all the way back to 2016 when you're looking at the last 10 races. So he finished, like I said, his last two races, 15th and 12th. Well, he's due. And so that's great to know. If that pattern were to continue, he'd be in the top 10, but I think he's someone that if he's there, like I said, if it's not Larson, he's been great this season on 550s. Now, his driver rating is eighth out of everyone, 99.1, but in the last three races, his driver rating improves to fourth, 114.8. He's second in 550 green flag speed. So last week, he battled adversity a little bit. He was struggling uh, after that incident that he got into, and that team was able to rally and finish 11th, get a decent points day out of it, keep themselves above the cut line, and I love that. I love seeing teams rally like that. We talked about it with Larson at Talladega. Um, So Hamlin, he just really has me looking at him pretty hard this week, plus 550. So if it's not Larson, I think it can be the 11 car. So if it's not those two, Because they're the top two guys as far as the chalk is concerned. We're going to skip over Kyle Busch and go to the next best guy. Now, I really struggled with trying to find a third guy. Because, like I said, I I don't want to jump too far down the list because it's a mile and a half. It's chalky. I don't want to take a a long shot because I think that's kind of throwing your money away, you know, logistically. um, When you're looking at this analytically. So, Chase Elliott's the pick here. Plus 800, who I'm going with. And so, if Kyle Larson were to lay back a little bit and someone else from that Hendrick camp is going to get the job done, I mean, all four of them really could do it. But if somebody else is going to do it, why wouldn't it be the other guy that's in the playoffs? Chase Elliott, he's sitting there kind of waiting in the wings. This is, again, if Larson isn't what we expect him to be this weekend, you got to figure that, you know, Hendrick has another car that's going to be right then and there. So, um, I was a bit surprised when I was looking at his numbers here. Because in his last 10 races, he has one win, five top fives, and six top tens. That's pretty good. And he had a couple rough finishes to start his career at Kansas. So he won the 2018 fall race. So that's impressive. Fifth this spring, 2021. So all good things. Like when I saw a plus 800, I was really struggling to try to find a guy that is zero in on, kind of make sense of the pick. And when I dug into his numbers, I was you know, pleasantly surprised. His average finish is 6th out of everyone. Driver rating, 5th out of everyone, 99.8. And in the last three races, that improves to 102.2. So really good stuff. Hendrick has the 550 package locked down. He's 5th out of everyone on the 550 green flag speed. So um, I did not expect domination from Chase when I was looking at his numbers and, you know, if he were to win this race, I wouldn't expect domination on the track either, but I think that he could put himself in position to make a play at the end of this race. And that's why I like chase here. So plus 800, uh, putting himself in positive position They're beyond the cut line at the moment, they're going to have to do something to, to really get them in. I, I think he could win the race to point himself in. He's, he's done that at the fall race before. So lock it in chase Elliott in the nine car plus 800 along with hamlin plus 550 and the favorite kyle larson plus 240. firm but with a little give yep these are medium rare what if somebody wants theirs well done we
0: ask them politely yet firmly to leave
1: so next up we've got our finishing position segment along with some race parlays so a lot of different things to get to here And it was kind of a tough draw this week as well for the odds for finishing position. tough to find good value across the board. So we're going to talk about a few different guys here in in a few different spots. We're going to start with a familiar face in this segment. It's Kurt Busch. I I can't seem to quit him, and that's just because of his value. Um, He's minus 115 to finish in the top 10. It's really tough to find good value if you're looking at someone who really stands out to you. They're like -140. Even some guys who aren't in the playoffs anymore, take like a William Byron, for example. I thought I might be able to get him at a decent number there, but they're all over him in the sports books as well. He's like -140 or -150 maybe at this point. Kurt Busch being -115, I had to take a look into him. And I think maybe the value is better for the gambler because his last two starts at Kansas did not go well. He's got a 15th place finish and then a 38th place finish. So that's not great. And, you know, immediately I'm like, oh boy, what am I getting myself into here? But a little bit further into that, his average finish is still, with those two poor finishes we just talked about, still eighth out of everyone, 13.3. In his last 10 races, five of them, he's finished in the top 10. That's 50% of the time, which that alone makes it kind of right on par for that minus 115 number because it could go either way. That's what we're saying here. And looking at this year in 2021, he's seventh on green flag speed at the 550 track. So to me, he had a bit of an off week last week. I was surprised at how poorly he ran and how poorly he finished. I feel like I blinked and he was like a lap down. So I think this is a rebound week. I think uh, Kurt is not packing it in just yet. He showed that the weeks before that. That's why we were on him last week as well. So minus 115 to finish in the top 10. That's a number that I can swallow. I'm into that. So lock me in to the one car and see if he can rebound. If he does, I want to be all over it. Now, the next guy up, I typically don't really get into top fives, but we're going to get into that for Martin Truex Jr., who's going off right now plus 140 to finish in the top five. Now, With Truex, the only thing that scares me is his 550 package speed because it's not great. He's 10th out of everyone. And, you know, it's just not what you'd expect. But his numbers at Kansas are pretty good. Kind of the opposite of what we're saying about Hamlin and, and Larson. Last 10 races, he has two wins, five top fives, eight top tens. So he's been a factor in basically every race that he's been at here. I think he's only, he's ran over 2,300 laps and has completed all but one of them. So that's insane. Um, Great number there. I mean, I'm sure there's a few other drivers that have similar stats there, but, you know, I love that when you're getting value like this, plus 140. 50% of the time, he's been in the top five, just like what we said about Kurt. And this time, you're getting plus 140 value. His average finish is second. Out of everyone in the last 10 races, 6.3. His driver rating is third, 107.9. So he had some trouble last week, and I think he's going to be mining his P's and Q's, trying to get a big points day going. Uh, might not be selling out for the win just yet. I think you know Martinsville has his name written all over it, literally and figuratively. So if he really needs to go all in, he can do that next week. But this week, it's a points day, and a top five would be a big points day for that team. So I really like Truex plus 140 in the top five. So lock me in to that. MTJ, let's get it done. Last finishing position guy that we're going to call out here, another stretch. It's Michael McDowell, minus 110 to finish in the top 20. I never thought I'd be taking him on another bet this year because he really has been going through it. But last, you know, 10 races, he's got an average finish of 19.8. He's been improving on his starts. I love when I see that stat about these guys at these specific racetracks because, especially these guys who are in the back because they could start there and just kind of ride around and, and really end in that spot. But guys who are able to, you know, start back in the mix, in the mud, and make improvements over the years at these tracks, I'm into that. That's a stat that I typically like to call out when I see it. So Michael McDowell is starting on average 24.3 and his average finish is 19.8. That's pretty good. He's starting 18th this week. So he's had top 20 in three straight Kansas races. Six out of the last 10 races at Kansas, he's finished top 20. That's what we need him to do. So he finished 17th, Last week at Texas in a strong run. Like he was showing some top 10 speed at one point. Um, I don't think he was destined to finish there, but the point remains like he was a, a car that was up there and was talked about on the broadcast a couple times. So this is a bit of a shot in the dark. I just like what I'm seeing, what I saw last week uh, from McDowell, and then I like what I'm seeing on the stats at Kansas. So Not too bad for a top 20. The odds overall, minus 110. I'm comfortable with that number. And it's kind of a, you know, do you want to ride or or not? You know what I mean? I'm looking to ride with McDowell this week, minus 110. So the, the total finishing positions are Kurt Busch, minus 115 for a top 10. Martin Truex, plus 140 for a top five. And McDowell, top 10, minus 110. Now we want to call out some Race parlays because the sports books, at least DraftKings, is really going strong this week. We've got some really fun bets to take a look at because one of them focuses on playoff drivers winning the race, not named Kyle Larson. So we caught out a couple, Chase and, and Denny, uh, but DraftKings is offering you those seven other playoff drivers to win the race plus 100 over. Kyle Larson and any of the non-playoff guys. So that is a very intriguing pick to me. Obviously, I like Hamlin. Kyle Busch could easily win this race. Chase Elliott could win this race. Um, those guys alone are, are super intriguing to me. I mean, I, I called out Truex, um, and I'm going to touch on him in, in just another second. But the playoff drivers, you know, that is awesome. Now, you don't want to get too wrapped up in that and bet it may be too heavy because there are some non-playoff drivers who, by the way, this next race parlay, plus 300 for non-playoff drivers to win the race. We've got guys like Harvick, like Byron, like Reddick, who have shown speed last week, could easily do it again. They've got good stats here. Um, So that first one, playoff drivers not named Larson, plus 100. I like it. I will throw some money down on that just to have some fun on those other seven drivers. But be aware that it's not a lock. If it's not Larson, if he isn't having a a good Larson day, it's not a total lock that that's going to hit because the non-playoff drivers plus 300 is uh, another pretty decent bet there. I'm still kind of torn on whether I'll throw that down or not, but I just want to call it out because I think it's fun. We talked about the Kyle Larson prop winning the race and leading the most laps. I think that's a no-brainer, plus 400. Uh, The last one I'll call out, you get Chase, Truex, and Joey Logano, to win the race. All three of those guys plus 400. So you get three drivers plus 400. They're calling this the, um, they're, they're marketing as like, can they get back? Because they're all below the cut line. So can they do it? And I would easily throw those guys down. I think Logano, as we'll talk about, is a bit more of a long shot than Chase and Truex, but uh, plus 400. Yeah, I would, anytime I can get multiple strong drivers, uh, for a decent chunk of change like that, plus 400, I'm interested. So uh, I'll probably throw a tiny bit of money down on that as well. So the race parlays, you definitely want to give them a look. I'm not even going into all of them here. I mean, this is like the tip of the iceberg uh, for all the different cool, fun options that you have out there. So if you see one out there that I'm not calling out, that is doable because some of them are just completely ridiculous. Uh, kind of a fun thing to just throw in and and forget about it. But if you see one that really makes sense to you, let me know, because I'll ride with you. I'm all about that. So that's the the breakdown there for the race parlays and the finishing position bets. You serious, Clark? So the last segment here, before we bring Greg on to go through our daily fantasy draft, we are going to touch on head-to-head matchups And this week, I'm feeling frisky. I don't know why. I'm I'm getting a little outside my normal self here with some of these picks. And uh, we'll talk about, you know, why in just a second. But to give you a quick preview, between these three matchups, I'm taking a favorite, I'm taking an underdog, and I'm taking one that's even money. And so, see if you want to ride with me or fade me on at least one of these. I could see being a bit controversial. So let's start with one that I, you know, definitely feel really confident in. It's Brad Keselowski over Joey Logano. Keselowski is minus 120, Joey Logano plus 100. This is a Penske battle. They're both below the cut line. And so looking at that, you're like, wow, this is a pretty good matchup. To me, though, this is a total mismatch. Keselowski in his last 10 races, he has one win, five top fives, six top tens. His average finish is fifth. 10.2 10.2 compared to everyone. Um, so that's interesting. The, the funny thing here is, though, they have a similar outlook in their last 10 races because Logano has one win, three top fives, four top tens. So that's, you know, right on par with each other there. The difference there, though, is that Kozlowski has an average finish of 15.7. That's not even in the top 10 when we're looking at that number. So Going back to Kozlowski now, his driver rating is 7th, 99.4. Just solid numbers overall. His last three races, his driver rating jumps to 2nd out of everyone, 119. His last three races are 3rd place, 4th place, 2nd place. Going back, that's great. And that's exactly the type of guy that I want to bet on. So then you look at Logano, and you're like, well, what's up with his average finish? I mean, what's going on there? Now he won the playoff race last year, so that really like kind of hits you a little hard. Like whoa, just as I was like about to throw money at the sports books, you you figure oh my gosh, like he won this race last year. That's huge for this team right now because they're in some trouble. I was listening to Logano on the radio and he was saying that engine that they blew at Texas. That was the first time that they had an engine failure as a member of the 22 team. That's crazy. Just bad timing. Historic though. That they've been that strong, um, you know, at the race shop, where they're not doing that. So um, that is interesting, the fact that he won last year. But I, I just can't get over Kozlowski's numbers and his finishes. I mean, he finishes races. So looking at these guys head to head, the last six races, it's Kozlowski with a four-two lead. Brad to finish in the top five is plus one seventy-five. I think points matter to Kozlowski. I think he's still eligible to point himself into the final four, whereas Logano, they know it. I mean, he was on the radio saying it's win only at this point. And I think they have a better shot at doing that next week at Martinsville. I have not looked at his stats there um, to refresh myself, but I feel like he's a better driver at Martinsville than he is at Kansas. So he's more of a must-win situation, whereas Kozlowski's a points-matter kind of guy this week. And so, like we said about Truex, minding your business, just hitting your marks, taking care of your job, and, you know, I think he's going to win this head-to-head matchup there. So, a little extra juice, plus 175 to finish in top five, but in this case, all you got to do, beat one other guy, and it's Logano, who has a poor average finish, lock me in for the two-car, minus 120. Next up, this is one that I could see being a bit uh, confusing to people. This is Kevin Harvick, minus 120, taking on Tyler Reddick, plus 100. Harvick is great here. It's a lot like last week, okay, because last week, you know, he had the stats, and both guys could get the win for the non-playoff driver prop, right? I mean, both those guys last week looked pretty good. Reddick... Strong towards the end, and, and Harvick found his way into a top five last week, as we'll talk about. But same thing this week. Strong, strong stat presence at Kansas for Kevin Harvick in his last 10 races two wins, six top fives, eight top tens. I mean, what's not to like about that? Average finishes first, driver rating is first, 120.4 in the last 10 races. That's sick. Just a huge stat guy there. And he finished second in back to back races at Kansas. So that's including this year, a year that he's having a down year in air quotes. Um, he finished fifth last week. Like I said, that's kind of sneaky. He he really didn't stand out to me during that race, but then you look afterwards and you're like, wow, he finished fifth. That's pretty crazy. So I totally get it. If you would want to throw your money down on Harvick, like I, I'm almost convincing myself out of it at this point, but for whatever reason, I'm drawn to Reddick this week in some way, shape, or form. He only has four starts at Kansas, and he's got two top tens. His average finish is 13.5. That's pretty good. His driver rating is 83.8. I'd like to see higher. That's 13th compared to everyone if you're looking for where that fits on the scale. This season at Kansas, he finished seventh. So that's a, a pretty big deal. And last week, he finished ninth, and he looked so good, just so fast. Um, he was you know, up there, second, third, like really competing, gets shuffled back, ends up finishing ninth. But going into this race, saying to myself, I need some sort of action on Redick because to to finish top 20, he's minus 525. Like that's ridiculous. Top 10, he's minus 40, sorry, minus 140. that's not going to fly. And then top five, he's plus 250. That's a little too rich, uh, too long of a shot here. So this seemed like more of a reasonable bet. Plus 100 just to beat one other guy. His green flag speed this season, he's only three points back of Harvick. It's not like it's that big of a mismatch. So I know that this is an underdog pick. This is a gut pick. This is a I saw what I saw last Sunday and I loved it and I want to get some action on him. Um, But From everything that we said about Harvick, I would totally, you know, not fault you if you wanted to go against me on this one, but I'm taking Tyler Reddick plus 100, given the odds here, uh, trying to pull the upset out, hoping that something maybe happens to Harvick to get the win in this matchup, and Reddick slide his way into a top 10 finish once again on a mile and a half. So that was the one that I just kind of get off my chest, you know, feeling frisky, going for it here late in the season. Why not? Uh, the last one that I have is a battle of two guys who are going off at even odds. Eric Almirola, minus 110, against Chris Busher, minus 110. And I'm telling you right off the bat, I'm taking Chris Busher in this. I'm taking it for him, and I'm taking it to fade Almirola. Busher in his last 10 races at Kansas, he has three top 10s, six top 20s. Average finish is 18.0. Looking at Almirola, he's got four top 10s, six top 20s average finish right behind him at 18.9. So they've got similar numbers there, uh, but there's a bit of a difference. So Chris Busher finished eighth at this track in the spring, and he has throughout this season improved tracks that we've gone to multiple times. He has improved his finish multiple times um, on that set of tracks. There's been a couple that he, he has you know, finish, finished poorly on Vegas being one of them where he went back to it. But when he gets another shot at the racetrack in this season in 2021, he has improved, um, the majority of time. So I love the fact that he finished eighth in the spring. That's not a detractor here. I don't think there's a reason here to think that he would, you know, blow up and, and do the opposite or, or, that he, you know, kind of blew his load earlier in the year and finished eighth. I, I am against that school of thought. Uh, meanwhile, Amarola who had similar numbers, you know, similar finishes. His last two races, 29th and 13th. That's not great. I mean, that's not the type of vibe that I'm looking for in a head-to-head matchup. In his last five races against Busher, when they're both on the track at the same time, Busher has a 3-2 head-to-head lead, which is surprising when you're looking at the driver rating because Amarola's driver rating is stronger than Busher's. Um, excuse me, Busher. Can't get confused. So many goddamn Bushes in this uh, series. We got Kurt, Kyle, and, and Chris Busher. Uh, we are talking about Chris here. So, in the last three races in 2021, Busher has just been so great. Back to back top tens up until last week at Texas, where he had a good run. He got caught up in a bit of a wreck, finished outside the top 20. Um, that you know definitely hurt him a bit as far as momentum, but I, I think that. He has just been so strong lately, whereas Almirola has been the opposite. He has just been out to lunch. Um, I he, I think he's packing it up, not doing much there. So that's why I said I'm fading him. So when I saw this matchup, I was like, damn! Like right away, I I looked at it. Sometimes I really need to take a peek at the stats before I know. But from a gut feel standpoint, like I said, feeling frisky, I looked at Busher. I said I like what I've seen out of him lately. I do not like what I've seen about. Amarola recently. And then if you look at green flag speed on five fifties, Busher's 15th compared to everyone and Amarola's 20th. So that was the tipping point there. Chris Busher 110. Lock me in on a matchup of even odds there. So love all three of those individually. Like I said, bit of a long shot there with Redick in the middle. But if you do parlay that up, that plus 100 will help you out a little bit. Plus 600 for those three uh, if you want to throw them all together. So Just to recap, it's Kozlowski over Logano, Redick over Harvick, and Busher over Almirola. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. So next up, I am happy to lead in to my conversation with none other than Cousin Greg. He is uh, definitely an old school voice on this podcast. Haven't had him on in 2021. And uh, we're happy to sneak him in at the end of the year. He came on a bunch first two years we've been doing this podcast, so um, great to talk to him. And the conversation that we're going to have is about daily fantasy. And Greg and I, we've played fantasy NASCAR for a while, but in our own way. And we're going to mix it up a little bit. Instead of doing the full tank face-off, we're doing a daily fantasy draft so that we can pick our own rosters and do a head-to-head Daily Fantasy matchup. It's going to be interesting. So this segment that you're about to listen to is Greg and I going back and forth, drafting guys to be on our Daily Fantasy roster, and we'll see who we end up with. And then we'll post that matchup on Instagram at the end, at Full Tank Fill. So um, buckle up for this draft and see whose side you end up on after the draft is over. All right, well, now we will welcome on to the podcast once again, Cousin Greg is back. He, uh, for any people who are kind of newer listeners to the podcast, you might not uh, know Cousin Greg, but he was on last few seasons, had a lot going on uh, in your life, Greg, got a new baby here, you know, a lot going on at work as well. So I'm just thrilled that we were able to snag you before the year was over. So thank you for joining once again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be back. I'm excited for this new little game we have queued up here.
1: Exactly. I am also fired up. I, I, you know, you were the, the go-to person And I was kind of brainstorming this type of thing, and, and we'll get into that in a second. But for anyone who's um, kind of wondering, you know, Greg, who is this guy? You know, what's his NASCAR knowledge? Greg? is kind of the the first person i ever knew who knew anything about nascar um and your dad was like the hardcore nascar guy growing up like our area where we're from like no one really watches nascar and your dad was the guy um and you kind of were were born and bred into it like even though you didn't really care about it that much you
0: kind of had it you know seeping into your your system am i right Absolutely. I'll never, I'll, I think of it as my dad drinking Coors Light, little glass fighting pop-up for who the better driver was between Jeff Gordon and, and Senior. We would, we would mess with them, try to
1: ask him like, Hey, how's Gordon doing? And, and we didn't give a shit. And it's kind of sucks because like once Dale Senior died, he didn't really care about it much anymore. And then like a decade later, like you and I kind of got more into it and it was like two ships in the night, like passing each other. Cause we really, uh, it would have been fun to kind of talk shop when he was into it but um the the funny story that i wanted to tell that you might not remember uh was so quick side note my we have a a place up a cottage in cooperstown new york it's the home of the baseball hall of fame my great-grandfather was actually the mayor up there um so we have a place up there and growing up greg would come up in the summertime with us we were real little Greg, you wanted to get your parents like a souvenir. And I remember you found the only place in Cooperstown that was selling non-baseball memorabilia and wanted to buy your dad a die cast. And I can remember my mom being so perplexed. Like, why would you want something that's not like get a Phillies shirt, get like a Cooperstown swag. Like, but no. And your response was so simplistic. You're just like, well, he likes NASCAR like that. (laughs) That always I thought was so funny funny to to remember. The home of baseball. Yeah, the home of baseball. And that's what you were looking for. Somehow you found it. Like you sniffed it out. I don't know how.
0: (laughs) That shows you how much we care about baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So um, the game we're going to play today has to do with daily fantasy. And the background of why we wanted to do this was because when we did get into NASCAR, Greg and I did fantasy nascar but a lot different than i guess what you're used to today and you know i guess what nascar uh, as a company offers for their daily fantasy uh, or season-long fantasy nascar we liked the draft we would get we would scrap together buddies whether they really cared or not about nascar and we would have a draft and then those were our rosters and we would sometimes we hosted our own website at one point um, we finally found a site that would host this stuff But we loved the draft and the season-long atmosphere. Um, And, you know, that kind of fell off. You know, we we kind of, especially with COVID, our our, uh, whatever league we had definitely fell apart at that point. Um, Looking at Daily Fantasy, I like to do, you know, we had Jordan on. You know, anybody that's listening to the podcast week in and week out, Jordan, daily fantasy expert he plays a lot of tournaments if you follow him he he makes a lot of money that way i like doing daily fantasy head-to-head that's an option in DraftKings. and the thing that sucks is i used uh jordan's expertise a couple weeks ago when he was on and the guy i was playing had five of the six drivers the same as me so it really came down to one guy which was silly um so the concept we're going to get into here is greg and i are going to go head-to-head in daily fantasy on DraftKings, but we're going to have a draft. So there's not going to be any repeat drivers on either side. And there's a strategy to this where, you know, depending on how you want to start picking your team, do you want to go low? Do you want to go high? Um, So Greg, as the competitor here, does this make sense to you so far? Any any call-outs or questions they have right now?
0: No. Crystal clear.
1: So – the rules that we're going to implement for each other here are once we lock in a pick, we cannot backtrack on that pick. And you have to pay attention to your salary because at the end, if you overshoot your salary, there's no backing out. You know what I mean? If you don't have enough money to field a six driver, that's, that's on you. And if you leave too much money on the table, that's on you as well. So we're going to do our best to kind of talk out our picks kind of explain where we are, where we're at in the draft with our salaries. And at the end of the day, we're going to have a head to head matchup of six different drivers facing off. And we'll post the, uh, the matchup on Instagram, have people tell us who they think uh, has the better squad and, and we will find out on Sunday. So uh, with that, let's get into it. So Greg, as the guest, you have the honors
0: of the first overall pick of this uh, daily fantasy face-off. All right, love that I have that privilege because, again, I think you and I might have our sights on the same guy here. Um, it was between this guy and Kevin Harvick, um, mostly because when you look in the history, like if I'm looking at Kansas last earlier in the year, obviously Kevin Harvick was, where he finished second. The differentiator to me was that he led zero laps in that, while Keselowski led 72. So... Because of that, and because of the fact that Kezlowski is still in the running for the playoff, I think he's going to have that edge that Kevin Harvick doesn't have going into this race. Mm-hmm. And then, if you also look at the last uh, seven races or so, Kezlowski's third behind Larson and Hamlin. So I have to go Keselowski, especially because his value is at 9,100. Um, looks like the site's saying your average per person is like 8,700, 8,800. So we're right there. Um, I think for first overall pick at 9,100, that is an absolute lock. So, lock it in, Brad Kizlowski. Lock it in. Kizlowski, the first
1: overall pick. It's an interesting pick. I mean, I I called out Brad um, in the segment right before this in a head-to-head matchup. So, I'm definitely uh, not against Kizlowski this weekend. Penske, you know, needs to pick it up, and this would be uh, a track for them to do that. So, yeah, I mean Kuzlasky being the first overall pick um, makes sense. He's starting third, so I, it I like scared the me a little sled.
0: bit. Yeah, the last lead's kind of what put me over. Plus the playoff run.
1: Yeah, I mean, Just, he's, I, I said earlier he's got to point himself in to the playoffs. At this point, he's got to have a good points day, and if he does, that would be a good day for you as a first overall pick. So I'm up for the on the board. You want the dub from Kuzlasky? I, I want the W. Wow. Well, you could get a good value for uh, sports betting on him. I think he's like plus like 14 or 1800. So really? uh, that would be a big
0: payout. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to have to look that up. Appreciate that heads up. i going <laughs> to listen to the actual podcast when it comes out. <laughs> so, uh,
1: all right. Well, first overall pick for me, I didn't, you know, I didn't have my eyes set on anyone here because I I really am not sure if I want to start at the bottom of my lineup or, you know, go to the top. Um, but I think I will go with Kevin Harvick. Um, only because you called him out, uh, $8,900 for Kevin Harvick. I don't have any action on him, you know, elsewhere, uh, on the, the pod. I think I took, um, somebody over him in a head to head matchup. But the fact of the matter is Kevin Harvick's, you know, history here is very good. So he's starting 11th and I agree. He's probably not going to be leading laps, but I think he will be in that top 10 area. So you're going to gain some differential there uh, and have a good finishing position. So at 8,900 for a guy who leads like all the statistics, historically at Kansas, um, Not too shabby. Finished second back to back races, so eighty nine hundred bucks. I will lock in Harvick as a a top pick there.
0: And that's a solid pick, obviously. So my next pick, I am torn here because I usually like to go big on the first two guys. You know, spend a little bit of little bit of cash, but I am trying to play it safe here. So for that reason, I am thinking Joey Logano might be the guy. Again, he's still in the running, right? He's back in points, which makes me think he feels a win is gonna be not absolutely essential, but he's gonna be pushing for it. Um also when I look back at average races the last few races or so, he's been he's been up there. Obviously, the last week was not a good showing for him, but the three or four races before that, he what seventh, third, and eleventh. So he's up there on average. I think he's doing well. So let me take one more look at something, if you don't mind bearing with me here. Uh, actually, now that I'm looking at Kansas, I'm out on Joey Logano. <laughs> because he does not look like he's been doing that well at Kansas. Which, For is... what it's worth, I took Kozlowski over Logano in the, the head-to-head matchup
1: earlier. So. Did you? Um, Yeah, so that was the guy I, I – had Kozlowski over. So you're you're kind of working through that same thought process that I had.
0: Yeah. And again, it's one of those things if I got to look at this the rent, like the price on each person. That that throws you for a loot. It's one thing to prepare beforehand, but when you look at how much everyone's actually costing, that changes things a bit.
1: Yeah, they don't do a good job of putting the salaries out earlier in the day. We we are recording this like literally Minutes after they release the salaries, finally. Uh, we've been talking about doing this all week and, and just been waiting for the salaries. So it is kind of
0: uh, we're, we're lamps to the slaughter here. Just dive it in. So I think I'm going to go with in between. I'm hesitant to tell you who I'm between. I don't want you jumping in there.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: it's strategy. Your boy, Elliot, is decent value here. Okay. So I think we're going to go with Elliot. So, what does Chase cost? Because I think he's like 10, isn't he? He's, he's 10,000 even. So, I was looking at Hamlin, but the problem is Hamlin's going for 11,000 and he does not bring much more to the table than Elliot does, not to mention the fact that he's already not a shoe in, but close to for the next round. So, I think Elliot outside the cusp a little bit is going to be pushing a little harder. So Hendrick
1: power at this track, you can't, um, you can't hate on that. So I, I, you know, do not disagree that that's, uh, I mean, I could see chase improving his position from fifth and leading laps in this race, um, depending how it shakes out for them. I mean, they need to bring it and, uh, there's no reason why they can't. So. I would say you're bolstering the top of your lineup. You're, the, the rest of your picks are going to be interesting because you're spending a lot of money early. But
0: um, you know, we'll we'll see how that breaks down. Now you got have risk, got to risk it for the biscuit, man.
1: I was I was planning on coming in here all conservative, uh, taking some of the lower guys, but uh, you know what? I, I think I, I need to stick with my plan. I can't let you uh, <laughs> drag me through the mud here. So I am going to dig a little bit further down and i'm going with a guy who i was jocking pretty hard earlier in chris busher busher is 6300 uh this is someone who i talked about in the head to heads and and otherwise um busher doesn't necessarily have fantastic stats at kansas but i am just caught up in his uh run that he's on right now. Uh he's got some pretty decent numbers on the the mile and a half, the the 550 package tracks. Um and he's he's got, you know, back-to-back top 10s until uh last week when he got wrecked a little bit. So he was running well at Texas, another mile and a half. So Busher at 6300 bucks seems like a a pretty good pick. He's starting 21st, so right in the middle of the field. Um that tells me, like, if he gets into it and he drops back, like, he could go either way. But no matter what, like, if he if he does drop a little bit, it's not going to be too bad. It's not like Busher is starting eighth. Like, that would be a pretty uh, a, a tough drop if he were to do uh, re- regular back marker things and, and drop back uh, a few laps down. But I I feel like Busher's going to step up again this weekend and, and finish the season strong. So he's going to be a
0: Lower level pick uh, towards the bottom of my roster. I think Bush was that guy that you went into this, couldn't wait to throw in your roster. Like you were saying, was, you want to start a little bit lower. That's who you had in mind, wasn't it? I mean, I'm telling you, doing
1: the, the, the research for the other picks for the sports betting side of things, I get guys that I kind of fall in love with for other picks. And as I'm doing the research for the head-to-heads and the you know the picks to win the race and other things, I get guys that stick in my head. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I sometimes uh, there's no crime in reusing the same data and and yeah. uh, applying that here.
0: So, uh, yeah, Busher, lock it in. Absolutely not. And I don't know if I'm going to tell you my bigger strategy here because you might figure it out. Um, but I just realized. So I'm going to go with Martin Truex as my next pick. And, wow. And here's why. <laughs> I am a big fan of going heavy. When they give you six drivers, I don't need six so-so drivers. I'm going hard on my top five guys. My God. And top I just, five? You're not going
1: gonna to run out of money before you get to four.
0: At 50000 salary. Average at ten thousand a person, I think I'm all right there, and I just realized that I have the number five, six, and seven spot in the rankings currently. So I think in my mind, one of the things that I'm I'm leaning on here is that these guys are going to go hard. NASCAR, I feel like it's a sport where if you want it, you can get it. So I'm hoping one of these guys gets the W. I
1: like
0: I like Truex this weekend.
1: Um, I think you know, he's got definite potential. Um, so hopefully though, he drives better than you do math because, uh, you called out 50 grand. There's six drivers.
0: That's not an average of 10 grand brother. That is, uh, you know, for my five drivers, I'm going to leave that sixth spot empty. Get the fuck out of here. You're, you are a Lunatic! I did it before no in our fantasy league can, and, and who went back to back champion when we did that.
1: Th- th- there's no way that this could work, but let's see. Um, okay. Right. So Martin Truex. <laughs> uh, he's, and he's a risk. I know
0: he's been driving like shit, right? The last couple of races, but he does really well at Kansas. Kansas. So. Yeah, he does. He does do well at Kansas. I think he could definitely finish in top five.
1: Uh, I have him in uh, a top five bet. So, you know, hey. Interesting strategy. I, I, I love how now I'm really anxious to see how the rest of your lineup plays out. Since you're just going to leave that last spot vacant, there are people that listen to this that play daily fantasy every week that are throwing up right now.
0: Um, <laughs> not a pe- lot of people. Please here. <laughs> so kiss my ass. My,
1: my my next guy. So looking at what I have left, four guys left. I have an average of eighty-seven uh, hundred. I'm gonna go with Alex Bowman. Um, I wanted some Hendrick Love, I don't have anything else on Bowman as far as like sports bets. Um, Bowman stands out to me, he's 9,800 bucks, which is a little pricey. I was gonna say, first. it's a little high, but here's the thing Hendrick is very good on these 550 tracks, and uh, obviously, you know, he's part of that group, he's out of the playoffs. But to me, you know, sometimes I think that could be um, pressures off, especially a guy like that, like younger guy. The reason he's so high in value is he's starting 25th. And, you know, when you're on a team that's fast in a historic car like that, like the 48 car, that shop, they're going to have the ability to finish – top 15, at least, you know what I mean? Just by showing up at okay. the racetrack, the 48 car can show up and finish top 15 in their sleep. So <laughs> I think that it's worth, I wanted some love on Hendrick. You already took chase Byron, you know, is definitely a factor here um, as you talked about earlier, but I, I am still going to go with Bowman because of the the place differential stat. So starting 25th, I feel like that's going to be going to make up some ground pretty quick and be quick off the truck.
0: So Bowman locked me in on my third pick. All right. So my next one, I was leaning. So this kind of goes against my prior strategy and this is why I'm on the fence. So Tyler Reddick seems to race pretty solid at Kansas and at a value of 8,400, it's obviously on the lower side. Now the fact that I'm going with the five man strategy, I can do better for my money. So that's where I'm torn. Um, I, I think I <laughs> you're gonna laugh at me. I'm leaning Kyle Larson, and wow. the reason is you are he, going he, heavy. He's a big dog, but give me one second because I'm. Adding up the next two guys here. Hmm. I'm trying to map out who my next two picks are going to be because I need to make sure that what I have left is twenty thousand five hundred on the salary. And you've got three picks to go. (laughs) Well, we already know what's going to happen with that. I know. I know. I'm going to leave. Does it even let you submit with five guys? I don't know. There's got to be someone who's a chump on here. Who's B. McLeod? B.J. McLeod. <laughs> 45 buddy 45-hundo? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Does it let you do that? or No. I don't know. I'm going to try to do it real quick. But go ahead. So, so talk out your Larson pick. So if I go with Larson, Larson comes in at 11-7. And it's, it's him or Hamlin. And when I look at the racing history at Kansas, Larson does not finish as well here as I thought he did, which makes me lean Denny because Denny's only at 11,000. So I'm saving $700. Um, I'm going Denny Hamlin. So before you continue, with this strategy,
1: I don't think it's going to let you do that. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to hit submit and it's telling me that you need to fill in all your, your spots. Um, So that might be a problem with this strategy. So you're only halfway through. You have the ability to kind of think this through a little bit better. So if I have,
0: uh, all right, that's frustrating um so I, mean, I, different. I I do love
1: the aggressiveness but I'm glad that we <laughs> caught it now because I have not ever tried to do that
0: so now I'm leaning towards Mr De Benedetto yeah it's a good pick but well, I want to take a look at how he performs at Kansas which is not very well at all.
1: The thing with the Benedetto though is he's been in some ship boxes. Um, and yeah. so you're looking at
0: stats that are kind of not apples to apples. Yeah. They think we're going to go with them just because we got to, you know, make DraftKings happy here and fit under this damn salary. <laughs> you know, put play s- by the rules. Put six drivers on the board. Hey, if I want to run five, why can't I? Right. Yeah, I don't.
1: I'm mildly confused by that. I don't know if like we create our own game if we can make that a thing, Um, but I I I
0: really uh, don't think that that's going to be something we can do. All right, we got to go to Benedetto then. I don't have a choice. Stick with him. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, Matty D locked up. Okay. Um, So now I see i'm, I'm kind of going towards the middle of the pack at this point um looking through so i, I lost my place with my drivers i gotta make sure I'm, I'm looking at the salary the right way here um so this is my fourth pick and i got an average of eighty three hundred dollars left oh so i i was targeting uh matty i am i'm gonna go with michael mcdowell he's a cheap cheapy. he's sixty two hundred um He's someone that, you know, decent value for for someone that I think could finish um, within the top 20. Uh, Let's see. McDowell. Yeah, he's starting 18. So he's like right around that area. I I think he'll kind of finish in that area. So for him, I'm looking for just best possible finishing position as as the way to get the most uh, bang for my buck here. I'm not expecting too much difference uh, place differential. He'll probably actually finish a little bit behind the 18th spot but for 6,200 bucks, he's on that, um, I have seen, you know, we saw him race pretty well last week, uh, at Texas, which is a similar track. So McDowell, um, did not see myself throwing a lot of money on him, uh, throughout the rest of the year, because he, he's really gone into a bit of a valley with his performance. But, um, last week he, he kind of shocked me. So, I'll ride with him because of how cheap he is trying to shore up the bottom of my lineup here. It gives me an average of 9,400 bucks left. So I'm coming in strong to finish. Right.
0: Um, all right. So I have 13,700 left two guys. I am between. I'll be honest with you are Mr. Christopher Bell and Kurt Bush. So the reason I like Kurt is because he is solid at Kansas. Um, and quite frankly, he's a madman. So at any race, I think he has the ability to, to win. Um, he also comes in at a salary of 8,500, which, which puts me at I, – I could squeeze in uh, B J. cloud. <laughs> that would be interesting.
1: I so, mean, where's BJ starting? Uh, I mean, he's starting 26th. Oh, that's, that's tough.
0: You got me second guessing. So Kurt Bush is 8,500, whereas Christopher Bell is only 8,000. So it would save so the $500 there. That difference is well, 5,700, and I'm I can not, get Ryan Priest at 5,700. Or okay. who's R. Priest? Is it? Yeah, Ryan Priest. It is Ryan Priest, right? Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Give me one second. Let's see how Mr. Priest does at Kansas. Oh, not very well. And lead lap finish at 20%. <laughs> so not a solid number that I like to see well, there.
1: in his defense, when you're looking at this part of the, the roster, I mean, what do you expect? When you're looking at guys for five – finish
0: the race – so, uh, I don't think in that level you're you're getting guys finishing on the lead lap. Uh, all right, that's fair. So here I have to I have to look at the last two picks together. So it's a matter of going Chris Bell and um, and Priest, or going Kurt Bush and, <laughs> and McLeod. So I think I'm gonna have to go with. The first one and go with um, who did I say? Where's yeah, Christopher Bell? Christopher Bell, that's what All we're right. going with. Chris Bell, Chris Christopher Bell is a good pick.
1: Um, I mean, he's he's someone who is he showed last week that he could step up and um potentially shock some people, so you know. I think he's he's pretty solid for that price, too. Um, eight grand, you know, starting 10th. Uh, I think he he has potential of finishing right around that area. So, he could get you some points if he stays out of trouble. That All is right. uh, a factor. All right. So, then, with my fourth pick, I'm going to take Ryan Priest, And
0: uh, – <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Okay. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I thought you were serious for a minute.
1: <laughs> no. I just I deleted a...
0: him from my roster. I pre-picked him there and <laughs> you, made, you made me drop him.
1: No, no, no. Uh, I want Ryan Blaney. I think Blaney is someone I, I haven't talked about on this episode. I think he has, you know, I, I just love everything about Ryan Blaney right now. I threw some money down on him for championship odds. He's plus 500 to win the championship. He's, he's 20 points to the good. I think he is uh, good enough at Texas, showed that he, you know, was able to keep it together last week at uh, – sorry, he's good enough at Kansas. Last week at Texas he was able to, to keep it together. Um, so I've been looking for a reason to, to throw something on him. Uh, I didn't like what I saw in the head-to-head matchups and all of his, like, finishing position bets were not the values that I was looking for because they're, they're kind of um, – just not in favor of the gambler um, too too pricey so this is a way for me to throw a little action on Blaney because I think he's solid so I'm gonna go with Ryan Blaney um,
0: and I was actually value, to you say that I was actually gonna take my last two picks if the system was gonna let me do five drivers was gonna be Hamlin and Blaney because they both came in right at the 50,000 cat Wow wow so I had my eyes set on Blaney too well here's the thing
1: well, I'll get back to that point. So, so you're yeah, we'll BJ McLeod,
0: right? He's Don't worry be... about that. We'll worry about that later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't worry about that. We'll talk about that later. That's it. Um, you, oh, your last pick was Ryan Priest, right? We're he going Ryan Priest. Every...
0: Yeah. Okay. Not because hey, I love the guy, because he's the only I like loser Ryan I Preece. can pick left.
1: Hey, Ryan Priest is a much better loser than. Uh, yeah. BJ McLeod, because look, let me tell you, let me tell you this: Ryan Priest is starting thirty second. Um, if Ryan Priest finishes past like worse than thirty second without getting into any sort of trouble, like accident or whatever, I'll eat my hat. Um, he is going to finish better than thirty second, and BJ McLeod has. No chance of finishing ahead of 26. Like he could be out first lap. He is a, you know, know liability leave. in your roster. So you uh, made the right choice there. I was going to make a suggestion to you when you were kicking around the, the different. Uh, I was going to tell you to avoid Kurt and snag Cody Ware, who was five grand, um, and, and go with Christopher Bell. But I think Ryan Priest is a stronger. I didn't realize you had that much left in your bank so ryan priest i feel like you know he's he's a better uh what were you going to ask me
0: no i was gonna say i finished at zero dollars so we are did not waste a penny huh did not a cheap bastard i had a money. (laughs) i'm trying to find ryan priest on my list here
1: his average
0: finish is 26th at kansas over his yeah, last five, I mean, so I mean, like I said, if
1: these guys. Thirty-second. Looking at the driver rating stat, just to give you a peace of mind here, Ryan Priest. I mean, like we said, this area of the lineup you're going to run into trouble. But Ryan Priest's driver rating in five starts is fifty-three point one. Not somebody that I would actually bet on in real life, but in fantasy, you're going to need these guys to sure up your lineup. The other guy that you were between is BJ McLeod. His in five starts. Now, the apples to apples, 29.2. I have never put uh, any action on anyone with a driver rating that low. So you made the right choice, I think, after uh, having a rebound from that
0: strategy failure. So let me uh, ask you this. Oh, did you pick your last guy yet? No. And I've got got a lot more to play with here. Um,
1: I've gotten I've got ninety five hundred bucks. So that's a ton of money to play with. Just a ton of money to. No, I said I have a lot to play with. And Man. you know what? I'm going with William Byron. Um, I didn't think I was going to have enough money to, to get him, but I he is very strong. I think Byron, if there's anybody that's going to be a non-playoff driver winning the race, Byron is definitely one of them. So William Byron, more Hendrick Power. Um, he is starting.
0: Let's see. I still can't believe you swept up Harvick at 8,900. I mean, that is.
1: Yeah, so McDowell and Busher definitely allowed me to, to take on some of these guys um and harvick being below nine grand definitely helped um i don't know how i ended up with i mean i'm just going to make sure i have the right roster here so um let's see i'm going with byron so i got blaney bowman busher byron wow bunch of bees there uh harvick and mcdowell yeah and that brings me to zero dollars so i'm there you go just like you there so this is this is pretty interesting to see how this is going to play out um
0: and you know what i'm say, gonna do on the back end right what are you gonna i do can't back wait end? to see where those five drivers finish point wise to see <laughs> how the system let me and i did want to ask you so what are your thoughts on this right because when we ran our own league we do whatever we want as long as we we're under the salary cap. Totally fine. Do you think it's an unfair advantage to only fill the five guys and spend heavy on them and leave that six empty? I you- so
1: I guess the the reason it would be unfair is that you're you're making it so that you're choosing five guys that have a lot less likelihood of running into issues and finishing in a terrible position whereas if you have to fill in all six then you're right. dipping into the ryan pieces of the world who could run into trouble more regularly and finish worse so you're you're avoiding um that potential
0: so i so would say that that is problematic and that's probably why they don't let it. us do that that makes sense so if that was the argument i'd be like totally understandable but if you're going to yeah. say, what an idiot, we're not going to let him be a moron and only take five drivers. I'd take, mo- take my chances there.
1: No, I think that it's more about sense. the probability of, of having a, a bad finish. Um, now, I will say, you know, when we started talking about this, um, about doing this, we were saying, hey, this would be fun to do like week in and week out. Um, just the two of us kind of over uh, text. Um if we can customize our own little head-to-head matchup on DraftKings, I'll, I'll allow that just to see how that works out for you. But I don't know if they'll let us. So that'll be something we dig into on the yeah. side um, outside of the, the podcast here. But um, I do think that it is going to be – so So to recap here the, the different teams, and like I said, we'll, we'll put the matchup together, take the screenshot, and uh, post it out there for people to see visually. But – Greg's team is Brad Kozlowski, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex, Matty D, Christopher Bell, and Ryan Priest. That is solid. Like, when you ran into that trouble, I was like, okay, he's done. But looking back at it, that is not bad. Like, I'm actually pretty nervous. Um, mine is Kevin Harvick, Chris Busher, Alex Bowman, Michael McDowell, Ryan Blaney, and William Byron. So – both rosters going all the way to the zero money mark. Um, so spending it all. And this will be very interesting to see how we, we play this out. So um, I, I'm, I'm into this. I like this concept just because I hate
0: repeats in, in daily yeah. fantasy. And this is uh, avoiding that. So it makes it fun. That was the best thing about doing our league back in the day was the draft. Now you get to do a draft every single week.
1: Yeah. So this whole concept is
0: phenomenal. <laughs> That's right. That's
1: right. Well, uh, Greg, I appreciate you coming on. I know we we used to have uh, people at the beginning of the year asking where Cousin Greg was. Uh, It kind of fell off, but you're going to satisfy some people out there, I'm sure. So um, welcome back. Good to have you back for the end of the year. I'm glad we got you on.
0: Thanks, man. Happy to be back. Sorry I haven't been on sooner.
1: No worries at all. So we'll see how this works out. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thanks again to our guest, Cousin Greg, and we're going to see how our head-to-head matchup shakes out in daily fantasy. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram to see how that makes out. and Get your bets in early. Have some fun this week on a mile and a half. You're going to need it. A lot of different fun types of bets out there available to make some money at Kansas heading into the last two weeks of the season. So remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time for Martinsville.